Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2017 of the Unraveling Technology Podcast. Episode 51 or season 2 episode 1 <laughs> as I like to call it. If that suits you, Adam. Yeah, that's fine. Do uh, podcasts do seasons? Some of them do. I think the more um, that the story-based ones probably do. Y- y- your serials. Yeah. That kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a new story. This is a new chapter. But I think if we call it episode fifty-one, it makes us look just for the sake of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Really but in our mind, series two, episode one. <laughs> um, how was your How was your Christmas? Tell me about your Christmas. Really good. Um, lots of long lions in the morning mm-hmm. that's yeah. what i'm about oh yeah see yeah. absolute opposite here i'm up every morning oh, yeah, at like you said half that, six yeah. yeah it's because half six till say 9 a.m that's the time when the rest of the world is asleep so that's when i don't feel guilty about playing video games <laughs> so yeah, get up okay, yeah. go downstairs like covered in a sheet sit in front of the playstation that's good yeah, yeah. that's christmas yeah Hashtag that's Christmas. Maybe we can get that going. <laughs> um, yeah, that's um, good. Good haul, was it? You, you were you were in Sheffield based, weren't you? No, I went home to my parents in Doncaster. Oh right, okay then. Sunny Doncaster. Did they do Christmas there? Uh, vaguely, I think. I mean, we just <laughs> got the, we just got the wheel, on. so yeah, just a big fire. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I had a, I had a good time. It's kind of not a. Not a, uh, a relaxing Christmas, really. Uh, a lot of moving around. Uh, first Christmas in the new house. And all the obligations now that I'm married of, of buying presents for everybody mm. as well. Which you just don't appreciate when you've only got to buy presents for three or four people. Yeah. Nice. I can imagine that's pretty stressful. Yeah. There was... Um, we, we have talked... or we, We've seen other people talk as well about... You know, sort of people that say... I'm not going to do Christmas next year. I think I think we're just going to say, I don't know, give <laughs> give the just we'll, we'll give money to charity on our behalf or something like that. Yeah, and it's a very complicated political situation you put yourself in there. Yeah, because then do you do that every year from then on? Do 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 you if you're not? I don't know. It's complex. Well, yeah, and you're always going to get those people who who are like. Oh, I know you said you weren't doing Christmas, but I got you something anyway. And then if they haven't bought the other person, yeah. then that's pretty awkward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I got my cousin. This was probably the best of my Christmas presents that I bought someone. You'd, you'd think it'd be for for my wife, but actually, I um, might. I don't know. I feel like I let myself down a bit with presents for the wife, considering she got me this 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 Apple Watch, which is Whoa, sat on my wrist snazzy. right now. Which is is great fun. It's the um, series two one, so it's the one that spits out water when you go for a for a swim. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we took it for a test drive. We went swimming a few days uh, after we got them because she got one as well, but from her parents. All oh, right. And uh, yeah, it was a good Christmas. <laughs> uh, and and it is weird, especially when you because you have to kind of lock it when you go into water, mm. but then when you get it out of water, you have to unlock it, and it does that weird thing where it the 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 speaker makes a noise and it. And I guess the bass pushes all the water out of the phone. Yeah, yeah. And you do, so I sort of dried down my arm, told it to unlock from water mode, and it does. It spits water all over your <laughs> arm. <laughs> Quite good in summer. Cool yeah, you down. Say, yeah. Cool down Going those things. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, oh, my wrist's getting a bit warm. Just <laughs> cool it right down. But the present that I was most proud of was I got my cousin a lock picking set. 
All right. Yeah. What? It's trainee burglar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's ne- never a bad time to start, really. No. Especially in this economy, uh, a lot of sheds, <laughs> a lot of sheds to react into. And I, I, it was something I've actually considered for myself for a while. But I thought, well, I'm You're incriminating <laughs> yourself, Joe. This is recorded. It's it's a hobby. It's I tell you what, as well, it is actually the sort of skill where if you think about it, it's something that might be useful to know at some point in a pinch. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So it came with it's it's a see-through lock, so a, a generous-sized sort of uh, tumbler lock. You mm. know the sort the sort that you put on a well a shed or something mm. like that. Yeah. But it's see-through, so you can see inside and you can see all the tumblers and all the pins. So that when you're learning how to pick the lock, you can see how it how it works. Yeah. Okay. And then it comes with thirteen different types of of lock pick. It's it's actually amazingly simple. I is might it? have to get one just to show you how easy it is. Yeah, yeah. But you got your different ones, so because y- you've got the there's ones where like there's one called the rake, where you basically put it in and you just so, keep rubbing against the pins until they all stick. Yeah. And then you can turn it. Well, there's, what there's, what's the one with like a long? It's like a long bent wire almost, like a really thin piece of metal, and then you use two and you have to like jimmy it open. I think it's called the torque. I want to say, oh no, you apply torque, but but yeah, that's the thing that turns the lock. Yeah. So the general, the, the, the theory behind it is, so you've got, all, your key has all those ridges in it because inside a lock, you've got all these pins that are at different, uh, sort of different heights. And by inserting the, the key, it knocks up all the pins so that they're all completely level. And at that point, the cylinder will turn and it'll open. So... The, the method behind it is you're always applying a little bit of pressure on the lock to turn it. And then as you knock each of those pins into position using your little rake, they'll it catch on the top right, of the slightly yeah. turned cylinder. Yeah. And then you can just go one by one by one by one until they're all caught on top of the cylinder and then it'll turn and it'll right, open. Okay. But I mean, I gave it to him on Christmas Day and within about 25, 30 minutes, he was able to get into that lock pretty easily. Yeah. Granted, I think it's a different thing when you can actually see inside the lock, but you, you get used to the, the feel of the pins catching as well. So, <laughs> yeah. cool for any wannabe burglars, they got on, on uh, Amazon for about thirteen quid. I think well, for that's a actually pretty good. I thought it'd be way more expensive. No, no, no. It's really, uh, it's really cheap. So get into it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got any New Year's resolutions? Um, no. Uh, I started going to <laughs> yoga over Christmas. Of course you did. And that's. <laughs> You cliche. <laughs> Do you say started and then stopped? No, no, I'm still going. But th- this is the annoying thing. It was something I pre-planned, but then, like, as soon as we got into the lesson, the teacher asked us, "Oh, is this a is this a New Year's thing?" And I was like, "No, but I, I knew <laughs> that's what everyone would think." I bit of a coincidence, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a bit. I know. It's um, like when I went swimming. Is this a New Year's thing? No, <laughs> I'm just testing my watch underwater. <laughs> um, yeah, I started climbing as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, kind of polar opposites of the spectrum there in my well, head. You say that, but actually climbing and yoga is a thing. Right. Um, like, do you, yoga- you climb to the top and then you do yoga? <laughs> or you do yoga before you start the climb? Uh, no, uh, you, I think it's you're supposed to do them at separate times, but... The yoga is obviously good for stretching muscles and making you more limber, and then the climbing oh, okay, is like yeah. the actual activity. But uh, yeah, it's all about hanging, isn't it? With climbing, it's all about putting your weight on your 
Or you want to have your arms straight. Yeah, that's so right, you, yeah. And yeah. put your like hips as close to the wall as possible. I could never really get into that. It was just... I'm terrified of heights, for a start. So there's no oh. such thing as being sort of limber to me on a climbing wall. It's, there's always got to be some tension there. Cause yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, th- I mean, I'm I'm terrified of heights as well. But the, the ones, the place we go to, probably about... I'd say about 10 to 12 foot high. So... Where'd you go? Was it the foundry? Uh, no, climbing works. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's not too high, and they've got huge crash, ma- crash mats at the bottom. So mm. you never feel really... I mean, there are times where you're like a little bit... You get to the right to the top, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, it's it's really fun. Okay. So, yeah, nice. that's my... I know you, no New Year's resolutions, but mm. life changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we haven't really got resolutions, per se. My wife looked at this article on BBC News, uh, which was... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger telling people to go part-time vegetarian to protect the planet. I mean, if someone's going to convince me to be vegetarian, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know, right? I, I mean, I don't know why this is newsworthy, really, that somebody says it'd be a good idea to protect the planet. But from the article here, it said, um, former California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger says people should go meat-free one or two days a week to protect the climate. Um, because meat-eating is an environmental problem and creates an estimated 28% of the global greenhouse gases. Mm. So, so place some knowledge on you there. But yeah, I mean, we're not doing it through any sort of moral obligation. You know, not, we're not, we wouldn't say we're vegetarians, but we thought if we were to start cooking without meat, it might force us to be a bit more creative. Yeah, no, I can understand that. It, not only that, it's healthier as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I mean, mean, that's uh, just obviously a byproduct if you're not necessarily thinking about that, but... Yeah, I'm not sure it's entirely true either. I mean, we are substituting an awful lot of cheese in for, <laughs> for where there would be meat. But of the meals we've had, they do feel like full meals. Yeah. It's not, I, don't, I don't feel lacking at the end of a meal. I did some stuffed peppers the other day. Oh, nice. It was quite good, actually. Very come down with me. Yeah. But I think a few people have seen the article because Chris, one of, one of our guys, he's, uh, he, he's doing exactly the same thing. Mm. So, yeah, maybe... I'd give it... I'll give it to the end of January. <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, I know that's weird, isn't it? We went on the Good Food website, the BBC recipe thing, and they have this function where if you find a recipe, you can it'll give you the option to add everything to the basket of the supermarket of your choice. So add yeah. the ingredients to your Asda basket. And there was one meal, we added everything, and it's like 17 quid. For one meal. But, I mean, granted, the stuff you could use again. Yeah. But will yeah. you? Or am I going to drop off by that point and not really care? How often am I going to use pesto? Maybe quite a lot. I don't know. Pesto pasta, good. Yeah. I wasn't bowled over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I uh, got us a couple of articles. Um, we've had a couple of weeks Should we explain off, David's so. absence? Uh, no, let's leave it a mystery. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, David uh, is uh, unfortunately... Uh, not feeling well today, so in his absence, Adam has stepped up to the plate to deliver some uh, some solid podcast bants. I can uh, I can only hope I reach the the dizzying heights that David hits. Well, I mean, you need to fact week. check basically. Yeah. I just come out with whatever I've read online, and we need you to be the level-headed one here. It's probably going to be a lot of conjecture in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, anticipate a slightly shorter episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. Now, let's, let's jump straight in. So the first article that I've got is uh, it's a Vice article, Motherboard, which I think is the uh, more techie uh, element of Vice. They had this article called, Could Technology Remove the Politicians from Politics? 
and this is an article positing that maybe it would be a good idea in this day and age for us to, especially post-election, if maybe the people had more of a say, and is there a way that you could facilitate that by having, say, an app that you download that would let you weigh in on all the upcoming uh, debates mm. and then have a majority vote and whoever wins it passes. So the way the article starts is it says that back in the day, and I'm reading ver verbatim here, back in the day, the idea of a political representative evolved out of necessity. Townspeople couldn't afford to take a day off and ride a horse to the capital. Which yeah, makes sense, you know, back in the days. But then you've, as, as things progress, you've, you've got planes, jets, and then you've got the internet. You've got means of instantaneous communication with anybody in the world. Do you really still need these figures who you send as representatives to argue your points? Are they doing a good enough job? Some people may argue that after the after the election, maybe it's 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 very unfair because the sort of people who may have good ideas for the future maybe can't afford to get to these meetings because political campaigns, by and large, tend to be pretty expensive. Mm. And travel, traveling up to London every week to take part in some sort of debate would be expensive. Maybe. Mm. Do you think the idea of creating an app that everyone could weigh in on matters that affect everyday life would be a good idea? Um, I do, but there's obvious, obvious issues with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about being able to afford things what if you don't have access to internet or devices f firstly who doesn't um i think you might be surprised I oh, mean, oh I okay older people okay right so yeah. it's kind of like uh maybe have the option to do things a different way as well mm. maybe have polling stations as well yeah, maybe like community devices or something. Yeah. Maybe in the post office have a little voting booth or something. Mm. That so plugs into the same API as the app and lets you do whatever. Of course, lo lock it down. Mm. Have like two-factor authentication or one of the recommendations was to use the, the bit chain, you know, which is the technology that keeps Bitcoin secure and... Yeah. And Say that though, Bitcoin's... Uh, easily messed up. <laughs> I don't know the technical... Did thing. you see recently that Bitcoin surpassed, I think it was $1,000 to the Bitcoin? Oh, did it? Yeah. You read an awful lot of stuff about how Bitcoin sort of fluctuates up and down. But, man, this this was a high. Yeah, well, that's the that's the mainstream media trying to keep the, <laughs> the cryptocurrency down, isn't it? Yeah, the Propaganda. Man. Exactly, so maybe we need something in the way of an app. Yeah, the, but the, but as a serious point though, there is a sec there's security issues over. First of all, who's controlling all the data? Second of all, is it going to be secure so it can't be tampered with? Yeah. Because there's, because there's surely a reason why, um, you know, we can't vote online already. Um, maybe. I mean, there have been some places where they, they do do it. So I mean, on online. Again, from the article, it says online direct democracy isn't a new idea. 
in Australia, a direct democracy app called Flux is also a political party, which this summer put up 13 candidates for election. Uh, and it's, it's built by Bitcoin enthusiasts. And the app aims to let Australians who can prove they are registered voters tell proxy senators how to vote on laws. Mm. So in a way, it's kind of there. I don't think it's a, ma- it's a question of how or can we make it secure. It's, it's a question of would it be... Is Are you trading one evil for another? Because one of the things I'm reading a lot about is the tyranny of the majority, which is where you'll often get a lot of people voting similarly on an issue that doesn't maybe affect them as much as it does the minority that the bill is is there for. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, smaller groups. The also thing is, yeah, you, you mentioned who's got the data, but and who writes the issues to be voted on? Can it be presented objectively? So... If you, if you have a thing to vote on, like, should we ban the burqa? What if that was rephrased as, should we keep the burqa? Does 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 the way that you word these things... Yeah, yeah, of course. Because people are quite easily swayed. Mm. Yeah, like... And obviously you want to make voting as easy as possible for... Or as accessible as mm. possible for everyone. But if it's if it's just a click away and... You know you're more likely to make snap decisions or or maybe like joke decisions wasn't it like 11,000 people in America during this ge- US general election yeah. vote for Harambe President Harambe so yeah there you go that's it direct democracy nearly got us Boaty McBoatface yeah. if it was decision after decision that was Boaty McBoatface maybe because uh, there is the argument that when you send people to, to as, as delegates then really deciding on an issue is a very small part of what they do. There's cutting through a lot of legalese, coming to compromises, because you can present an issue as black or white, but I would imagine that behind doors, there's a lot of give and take. Should we ban this? No, but perhaps we can do this. Whereas, especially what with our, with the, with the sensational news that you get a lot a lot of the day, everyone has quite polar opposites on how things should be. I can imagine quite a lot of voting done through an app to be very black and white, very yes or no. Mm. Maybe not the nuance you'd expect. Also, maybe that legalese helps. I mean, have it, if you have some some obfuscation there that kind of makes it a bit hard to figure out what what the message is or what's what you're trying to do, then that stops people voting from the gut yeah and you could also get advertisers in i mean if you think about how many people would be swayed by a sob story on x factor yeah someone could just put out a little advert saying oh vote for this here's a picture of a crying child (laughs) and there you go i bet you could swing quite a large majority doing that yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about it is the answer okay um too many issues around it i think Mm. it's not a very neutral platform the internet so it's not is it <laughs> there is a website called countable.us which is a s- is kind of going that way a thing in in the US which the website gives you a rundown of an issue so should we should we I don't know repeal Obamacare gives you all the facts and then it just gives you a button there where you can communicate with other people to talk about it or uh, an option to contact a rep you know, when there's a controversial thing like, oh, they're trying to trying to force internet censorship on us in the UK, contact your rep. You know, contact your local 
ambassador, whoever, local politician. Mm. But it, it gives them just an easier way to do that, which right. is a good start. Gives them more of a hand or increased engagement in political issues. Makes politicians' jobs harder because <laughs> a bit more people are getting in touch. Yeah, well, that's it. And and in that case, if the human's not able to do the work because there's, there's too much coming at him, replace him with a computer. Mm. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that was one of the things that happened over the last few weeks. We're sort of digging into two or three weeks worth of stuff here because uh, we've been off for two yeah. or three weeks. But generally, as far as news goes, I'd say Christmas is quite a quiet time. But yeah. You can always find something, though. Technology so, doesn't well, stop for Christmas, Joe. No, definitely not. Um, ironically, this next one is about quite antiquated technology. I want to talk about this ham radio fiasco. Uh, have you heard of this? No. So over, well, I think this started in September, to be honest. But there's an article on on uh, techdirt.com about this, about someone who was, uh, who had a bit of software, a bit of ham radio software called Ham Radio Deluxe. And he didn't think it was great. So he left a little review on a website. And I'm just going to let the details speak for themselves here. So this started in, I believe it was September, as I say, when he left this review uh, on uh, on the website called eham he says uh, i purchased hrd 6.3 which is this ham radio software only to find out windows xp was not supported so i installed hrd on a brand new windows 10 machine and everything appeared to work fine then i installed office 365 and it broke the logbook known problem they say there is a whole page devoted to telling you how to tweak the registry download things repair the files all right, guys, enough is enough. If you have known problems like compatibility issues with Microsoft products, you need to release a hotfix. It would take a day to create a script to do all the things your page says to do, and it would be idiot-proof. No one should ever have to edit their registry because of a compatibility issue. Blah, 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 blah. I can see a lot of development time went into the bells and whistles, but for goodness sake, make it a little more user-friendly. Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, guys, I've tried to love it. It just isn't worth the price. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Man had his say. And he also logged a ticket in their their support system. Whatever. And uh, he got a response back um, from them saying, um, the, the version of HRD, Ham Radio Deluxe, that y- you indicated is not the latest version. Uh, in order to provide proper support, please download and install the current one. So they gave him a link. He installed it. And then he came back to them saying, I've tried to install the update according to your directions, and now when I click the icon, I get the splash screen, and then it disappears and nothing else happens. Was I supposed to uninstall the old version first? Anyway, got a really weird response back from them. Yep. Ends with them saying <laughs> that uh, they weren't going to be able to help him, and we'd also like to request that you not renew your support nor use our software due to the review you placed on Eham back in September. Remember that? <laughs> so um he posed he started a thread on uh, qrz.com a forum thread which has now turned into 160 pages worth of forum thread <laughs> yeah. basically where he puts up all the details and said so from what what i can understand here is that they've blacklisted me based on a review that i left on eham mm. and the internet got very angry as the internet's very good at doing and uh, to, to the point where about 38 pages in to this uh, thread, the one of the uh, guys from the company, I think this, the CEO of the company, Michael Carper, came on to say this. He says, 
I want to make a statement of apology on behalf of HRD Software. We regret that we've been unable to maintain our high standards of quality in our service to one of our customers. I've reached out to this customer to correct this regrettable situation. I'm looking forward to speaking with him. We apologize for what's happened here. I've stepped in and personally taken corrective actions to ensure that this mistake does not happen again. It is not the policy or practice, blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, I believe they let the, the technician that spoke to him, oh, you know, when he was when he put the ticket in, apparently uh, they've let, let him go since. Uh, but it just goes to show, doesn't it? A nice little, uh, nice little tale of, of how you, especially nowadays, these days, you really got to listen to the customer because there's so many outlets by yeah. which they can... I mean, people say, don't they, that it's best to complain on Twitter these days because that's essentially like making a stink in public and the company's more likely to respond. Yeah. Have you ever complained over the internet? Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'm not one of these people. If I mean, I've only had one like majorly bad experience at a restaurant once. Mm. And I, I really wanted to try and get that resolved because I hate the kind of people who are like post bad reviews and you know yeah i mean i never i never trust them completely when you see like one star will not eat again or whatever what was your bad experience uh it was just a restaurant in sheffield i mean it was just embarrassed i was actually embarrassed for the manager yeah he was like really nasty to us and so we just had to I was like, I'm not the type to complain, but like it was just completely unacceptable how we like spoke to us in front of like a restaurant full of people. So Right. Yeah. So you took it online. Well no, I didn't take it oh, online. Oh you didn't that take was it the online. Thing, like, but you could have. I could have done, yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have got the full weight of the <laughs> internet behind you. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, I didn't take it online and didn't get a satisfactory uh, apology or any compensation. So maybe I should have left a trip advisor review. Yeah, well, maybe. Well you'll remember for next time. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit of a parable about how you shouldn't uh, you should listen to your to your uh, your user base, especially. Have you ever had an experience with ham radio stuff at all? No, it's quite so. Ham radio and computing does kind of go hand in hand. Is you find there's a lot of crossover between them, but generally, ham radio are quite a ardent. Uh, I don't want to stereotype here, but kind of like setting their ways. It's like an older technology. It's it's very a very hobby grade thing to do is ham radio. These aren't really the kind of people that you want to ups- upset. Right, you know, yeah. it's not like uh, uh, just a bit of software. It's uh, ham's a way of life. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the impression I get. Anyway, it's all about who's got the biggest antenna on top of their house. Yeah, again, massive stereotyping. I'm sure there are antennas of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. There's certain types of communities that are more... More, more likely toxic, to... Yeah. I say, than others. More likely to kick up a fuss. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Yeah, so they should know better, really. Yeah, be <laughs> warned, you small businesses. Right, next up. Microsoft, our good friends at Microsoft, uh, they've recently released a uh, some new guidance for passwords. So I think we've all got a good idea. Or we, we've both... I want to say all because I feel like there should be three of us here. <laughs> We've got an idea about what what makes a good password. But uh, this is an article from Semperis.com. It seems to be a security blog where they say that based on research gleaned from literally billions of logon attempts to its cloud service, which is called Azure, 
Microsoft updates its password recommendations and throws out several long-held industry best practices. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit you with some of these now. Okay. Um, because I know we've covered it before, as I say. Long complex passwords, good or bad? Good. No, it's wrong. It's what? bad. Right. So apparently they're of limited effectiveness. From the article here, it says the strength of the password is irrelevant if the user is caught in a phishing attack and provides it. So you know if they click on a link in an email mm. and give it out. Uh, and apparently that's the most common type of attack, according okay. to the authors. So it only needs to be really strong enough to withstand a three strikes lockout rule. So, you know, a lot of services you put in your password and if you put it in wrong too many times, then it locks you out. Yeah. Or say you have to come back whenever. Uh, so they're saying it's probably best if you have something that's something maybe shorter that you're more likely to remember. Mm. Uh, the other thing is uh, that passwords where you substitute letters and numbers, they say it's a bit of a bad idea. Because it says that they know you're using a dollar sign instead of an S and an exclamation mark instead of an I. Um, people's team seem to fall into a few recognizable patterns when they're doing it. So it's usually something pronounceable plus a little suffix, such as a number. Mm -hmm. So like password one, two, three, for example. Classic. Yeah. So you've right, you got to think, think smarter than that. The other thing is, Periodic password changes. So a lot of places will instigate a policy where if it's been a month or two, then you have to change your password. Apparently, according to Microsoft again, who should know, in fairness, it's a nice idea in principle, but it fails when it's run through the human brain because people tend to make their new passwords based on their old ones. Yeah, I, yeah. So just increment the number on the end or add another character. And... Uh, in addition, since criminals use passwords as soon as they compromise them, there's no benefit in containment. So you're no point saying, oh, you've been hacked. Change your password because they've probably already got what they want out of the account by the time you realize that it's been hacked. It's maybe not a great idea not to change the password <laughs> because they might decide, oh, I might go back and take a bit more money out of that account. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other one is just... Keep, keep use LastPass, use that kind of thing. Password Don't come managers. up with passwords yourself. Use some sort of password manager. Right. Yeah, got it. You've been you've been on at me for that for a while. I still yeah. need to do it. <laughs> I saw a, a story online as well about someone who was trying to get access to a system, and uh, they spoke to one of their colleagues and said, "Oh, what's the what's the password to get into this this system?" And they said, "Oh, it's smiley face." So he typed in smiley face. Like, any capital letters in that? No, no, it's just, it's literally the smiley face emoticon. Not a, like <laughs> like a, an alt code. You know these ones where you have to hold down alt and then press some numbers to get the emoji yeah. thing? It was one of those. Oh. Maybe put emojis in passwords as well. Mm. Yeah, like little little smiley face, little businessman in suit. <laughs> and they say as well, the onus is on companies to have these password policies that allow you to use things like spaces. You know, mm -hmm. so you could just type a sentence. A sentence would be a good password. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So that's the that's the new rules according to to Microsoft. Mm. So there's another New Year's resolution for you: get your passwords sorted. Yeah, look out for that one on the blog, by the way. Yeah, New Year's 
technology New Year's resolutions. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward that, to that's it. going up tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. That'll be today, will it? If the podcast goes out. Yeah, today then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the podcast is going out tomorrow. Sorry, we'll scratch that out. Scratch <laughs> that out. Cool. All right. Um, I said we'd wrap up early. I think we will. I've got time for a little, uh, a little um, Kickstarter for you though. Mm-hmm. Shaking my head when I was looking at this one. Oh, wow. Are you um, by any chance familiar with the subculture of bottle flipping? Yes. You, in fact, you're probably quite, or you might have more of an idea than I do. I've seen a couple of videos online of people throwing bottles and they're like, yeah, right I don't know up. why it's a thing, but it is. Right. Just well, that, that pretty much sums up a lot of stuff on the internet, <laughs> really, doesn't it? Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah, it's basically just. Kid, mainly kids, I think, flipping plastic bottles of water so that they stand up first okay. time. Right. And is there an art to it? Uh, I mean, if you do it, this, people seem to like it. I don't know. They do? Well, <sighs> if know. you were particularly fanatical about bottle flipping, I want to introduce to you, if I can find the name of it, the Rev Bottle. There's a picture of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that exhale says it all. So it's got about 26 days left on its Kickstarter, and it's a quite a modest goal, actually. I think it's $300. Um, I don't think it had raised much. I think it was about 40 last time I checked. Um, but yeah, this is a, a bottle specifically designed for your bottle-flipping antics. Uh, I've taken this from the page. Uh, why, why, di- why did we do this? And then there's um, eight bullet points. <laughs> So get ready for one some, reason. No. Get ready for some justification. Um, uh, because bottle flipping is awesome. Hashtag bottle flip challenge. <laughs> I know, I know. Stay with me. Two, uh, we wanted to create the perfect bottle flipping bottle with a purpose. It promotes hand-eye coordination. It promotes lessons in physics. Promotes athleticism and mobility. Burns calories. Uh, encourages sportsmanship. And it's fun and challenging. Right. But so if this bottle's designed to flip better than an average bottle, is that right? Uh, I, I, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So, so, it, for so it, it doesn't promote any of those things because it's making it easier for you to do. Yeah, but you might get bored of bottle flipping if you just did it with a regular bottle and it broke. And, and you need standards, man. So just to give <laughs> you uh, three uh, key features of this, uh, this, this bottle. One is the dynamic challenge line a built-in challenge line so it's kind of like a little rubber band around it essentially but posher uh for head-to-head or tournament style competitions so uh, apparently and i'm no bottle flipping expert here but uh, the amount of water that you have in the bottle determines how hard or easy it is for it to land i would presume it's when you Mm. have less water in that it's more likely to land because it's more weighted towards one end uh, I would probably say less because it's easier to fly. You know, the air is likely to affect it if it's a plastic bottle. Mm, you're saying there should be less water? I'm saying there should be more water. More water. Maybe just a bottle it, half full kind of Because it would be weighted. The more weight you've got, the more likely it's to stay in place, maybe. When it lands. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is why neither of us are bottle flipping champions. Wow, well, yeah. Uh, two, uh, grip technology. So it's got an optional thumb and pointer grip um, using the neck versus only a cap grip. So most people will grab it by the cap and flip it. This is more ergonomic and grip technology for you. And it's also dent-resistant dent technology. So a smooth, dynamic surface that doesn't dent easily for years. 
of use. Years. And this took I me down one of them. Honestly, like... I think this is the worst Kickstarter. <laughs> this is definitely the one I would be least likely to invest in, I think. Start 2017, as you mean to go on. <laughs> well, what if I told you that it was very um, fairly priced? How much? I don't know. I'm waiting for the page to load. $5. I mean, mm. as Kickstarters go, that's kind of, kind of cheap. Does that include postage? Uh, well, uh, ships only to the United States. That's a good point. Well, we couldn't even get it if we wanted it, Joe. Well, well you just got to wait for the knockoff, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, $44 pledged, uh, six backers, uh, 23 days to go. This took me on a bit of a, a one of the, one of them there rabbit holes. Um, cup stacking, familiar with that? As a craze? As a sport. Yeah, I am actually. So like the it's so the it's like the people that just kind of like throw up pyramids of yeah things and then like stack them all back again. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's actually pretty impressive if <laughs> not completely useless. I I there's a, there's a website called speedstacks.com, and they do a line of uh, stackers. Uh, so uh, again, we'll put it up on the website. But there's there's a stacker designed for for speed cup stacking. Um, did you did you know that stackable cups, the ones designed for the pro scene, have uh, holes in the top of them? So the des- cups, the speed holes. Oh right, yeah. Because so if like, you yeah, think if you're stacking cup on top of cup, you're going to get an air vacuum there. You're going to get an, a buffer of air. Mm. The hole prevents that, so that you can stack with with ease. Well, I've thought about it at least. Yeah, yeah, they have <laughs> a bit too much. You know what? It might be it might be quite good fun. Maybe I'll give it a go. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. Okay. It is impressive to watch. Uh, we'll get video. some videos up on there. Yeah, there's there's a video on the on the front page as well. Just a, a vertical slice of of cup stacking, <laughs> learn learn learning to become a stacking expert. And there's a bit where there's a coach there, and he says, "I'm a coach. I coach a sport. This is a sport." Does that sound like some 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 justification right there, or what? <laughs> if you have to be told it's a sport before going in, I. I probably doubt it. I, I bet they said that about video games, like professional gaming, though, at first. Yeah. And now look at it. We're not laughing now, are we, Adam? No. Right. Okay, right. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all we have time for this week. We'll be back next week at the reg- regularly scheduled time. Hope everyone's had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us about anything, if your New Year's resolution is to send us an email, then please send it to podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or send us a tweet at unravelingtech. Uh, also visit the blog, which Adam's going to have a cracking article on later today or tomorrow, depending on when the podcast <laughs> goes up. That's unravelingtechnology. And send us a little review on iTunes with your, with your new iPhone that you got over Christmas. That would be wonderful. But from me, Adam, and the absent David, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Bye.